Ladies and gentlemen, as you know it, this is a special edition of Get the KO. Normally we release these on a Sunday, but, you know, we had a lot of things going on, family life, you know, Anthony does his thing, gets sick, <coughs> soaks on dick, and then, uh, you know, nothing else. But this week we are not being joined by Julie as she was at Penguin Con, and now she's back, but she's doing her family thing, so, you know, much love to Julie. So Jubaka will not be with us, but, as always, my best friend over here on the microphone, give it up for Anthony Lou Luhan. Say what's up. First off, first off, I heard, I just caught what you said about being sick. Second off, this is the lamest intro we've had. You need to be like, finally. First I'm of all, kidding. I'm just going, hey, I'm what? Anthony. Lou, 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 we're here. Let's go. Let's keep going. What is up, Red Dog? What up, Red Dog? <laughs> Yo, so what a lot of people don't know is that we're actually recording this at 9 o'clock at night. My daughter's been in bed since 8 o'clock, so I'm not really trying to be super loud and obscene like I normally would be. So, this is kind of like a subdued episode, but we're going to get into talking about the the latest UFC fight. Uh, this was based um, in, was it, Can- uh, Canadian Tire Center, right? So, yeah, up in, uh, uh, but this was a huge fight card. Like, I, I know a lot of people are going to talk about this fight card as, like, a long fight card, but there was a lot of great chess matches um, in this fight card. Uh, so, we're going to talk about just the main main card, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe here in the next few weeks, uh, when we start getting some of these events kind of like leveling off, we'll get more into the prelims. But let's get started, man. So we had um, Walt Harris uh, right off the bat with uh, uh, Sergi uh, Spivak. Spivak? She's, I'm always getting made fun of for this. Uh, uh, Spivak. So this is a big matchup, man. So Walt Harris actually came out. Um, I know we've talked about him a few. Oh, actually. We've, we've talked about him a couple times, uh, but unfortunately, it's never been on the right side of things. But it was a good fight for him, man. Uh, great TKO uh, in the first round. We were talking about like 50 seconds in. So he do- he came out. Um, I know this was Sergi's like, debut fight, uh, and he was looking really good. He was 9-0, had a lot of power to him. Uh, he got punished by Walt. What was, your, what was your thoughts on this fight? There's a reason that he is called the big ticket. He he self-proclaims that he has the the fastest hands in the division, in that heavyweight division. Um, and he came out, and it was nothing but business for him. Got a quick knockout, fifty seconds, and said, "You know what? I'm ready for anybody." Yeah, you know what's crazy is he didn't do this with uh, with speed. He did this with a lot of power, and a, it, power. he was looking for that punishment shot. Like it was devastating so it was definitely a great win for him and i have to say like it was impressive and definitely he uh let's we're running down the 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 numbers on this thing he only threw 28 punches 17 connected 17 significant significant strikes which means that he hit him in the head 17 times um the other guy uh sergi uh got three punches in yeah but he was going for three and the, the thing was is i think you know walt is is a He's like he's Doctor Hyde, uh, Doctor Hyde, Mister Jekyll, in a sense that like you don't know which side you're gonna get of him because we've talked about his previous fights where like he didn't come out guns blazing and it looked like he was fighting scared and it looked like his coach just finally got to him was like look dude you need to fight to win instead of fight instead of fighting not to lose and uh, finally he went there and he sold out man and and 
finally ran his game plan, and it was such an impressive feat to watch him do. Definitely, he looked really good. So that was the second fight of the uh, of the card. The first fight of the card actually was uh, Mark Andre uh, Beirut versus Andrew Sanchez. Uh, this fight did go to the decision. Uh, the scorecard for this one was actually 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. So unanimous decision all for Andrew Sanchez. The biggest thing about to take away here, uh, total strikes, 102 to 181. Uh, significant strikes, 72 to 148. Uh, two takedowns, two out, of eight, two out of eight takedowns for Andrew Sanchez. Uh, Mark Andre was uh, 7 to 137, 69 to 130, and then 0 for 1 um, in the fight. So... Uh, in his takedowns, oh, it was a great fight by Mark Sanchez. I know these guys were throwing a lot. They were looking to, they were looking for power shots. Um, I definitely gave all three rounds uh, to Andrew Sanchez in this fight. I definitely thought he came out and set the tone early. Um, I know like both guys were looking looking to deal a lot of punishment, but it was just good. It was a good technical fight on uh, Andrew's side, man. So I did, I had nothing wrong with him on that. Yeah, it was. When you say that a lot of these fights were a chess match, this was a chess match. This was. Who's going to get their game plan better? It wasn't one of those, well, it could have went this way. No, it went his way for two or three rounds. The two that he won, he won big in those rounds. The one that he did lose, he didn't lose by much. No. I definitely thought that was a – because I think it was – because he won the first one and the third one. I felt like the second round was kind of like the toss-up round. Um, it definitely could have been a 30-27 fight, but I think it was definitely set right with 29-28 because I definitely felt that Mark and uh, Mark Andre uh, definitely stepped he he stepped in and that second round was looking to battle back and it was it was a great matchup like 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 we said man chess was being played all fights it was an amazing thing to watch. Uh, Let's move on to the next fight. We got Brad yeah. Katana versus Mareb Devash. Tushabili. Div- at Devashville. Davish Feely. Right. <laughs> that's his name. Let's talk about this fight because Brad came in undefeated. Never lost a fight in his life. You want me, it's a true statement. Uh, interesting thing about this fight, too, was that um, uh, Marab had an answer for everything that Brad was throwing at him. You know, when you look at the numbers, uh, 215 to 274 uh, total strikes. This is all for Marab, by the way. Uh, significant strikes, 55 of 102, takedowns, 5 of 9. Brad Katana, uh, 43 of 70, uh, 32 of 56 for significant strikes, 0 for 0 on takedowns. Biggest thing to take away is that Murab came out and he wanted to dominate this fight. Um, and I felt like he did it, man. 30-27, all three cards. It was definitely, um, he set the tone, he set the pace, he dictated where the fight was going to go. He moved in, he moved out, um, not to say that Brad didn't land any shots, because Brad definitely did hit. He did set, try to try to battle, but over overall, man, Murab was just ready for everything he had to throw. So, you know, tough break for Brad. Uh, hopefully, he can get back in the gym, kind of get himself reassessed and reestablished. I I think he has a bright future, but man, Murab was just he was set, ready to win this whole fight. This is one of those fights where it's good to lose. It's good to have you get checked now. Then on the road when you're 17 and 0, 18 and 0, and then looking at title shot, and then then you get checked. It's a good. This this is just one of those where he he knows where he got exposed. Now he can go back and work on it. Right. So this next fight, man, this was like the most interesting fight. Um, I'm sure you had it one way. I'm I know I had it a certain way. Uh, but this is a Shane Burris 
versus Cub Swanson. This was by split decision. 30-27, 27-30, 29-28. All for Shane. Um, the crazy thing about this fight, man, uh, total punches that we're going to talk about. 132 of 260 for Cub Swanson. Uh, 129 of 256. 0 for 2 in his takedowns. Shane was 147 of 282. And the significant strikes, he's 134 of 268. So... You could tell uh, percentages are really, really close. Uh, Shane did have the edge by 2.1% in total strikes. Not that we're going to put it out there like that. But Cub Swanson, when he needed to land strikes, he landed in bunches. And I felt like Cub Swanson had done enough to at least take a 2-1, uh, two rounds to one in this fight. Um, judges, you know, one judge saw it my way. Another judge, obviously the other two judges saw it differently. Um, but what's interesting is that Judge 1 had this 30-27 Shane. The second judge actually had this 27-30 Cub. And then they had a 29-28 for Judge 3 for Shane. I actually had a 29-28 Cub. So what did you have this card scored? I had it 29-28 uh, uh, Shane. I uh, I just felt like sh- like you said that you felt Cub did enough to to win, I felt like Shane did enough to win. I feel, I even feel like like Cub, after the fight, kind of knew that Shane did enough to win. Like he just like shrugged his shoulders and, and kind of like game a week. It was, it, it was a uh, the Cub Swanson. Cub, if if people don't know who Cub Swanson is, Cub Swanson is a definitely one of those um, graceful people. Like he takes fights. And he fights. He doesn't like to talk as much as he as a lot of these fighters do. This this fight he did talk a little bit more, but he's humble and he did that this fight. Like he he didn't he wasn't expecting to throw a big huge fit when the decision was called, and he didn't. You know what's funny though, man, is like I feel like that's like age thing. Because remember, like Robbie Lawler like had a huge incident with Ben Askren where. Um... You know, he was like, I wasn't out. And Herb Dean was like, yo, dude. He's like, I thought you were out. He's like, that's what it was. And then Robbie was like, ah, don't worry about it, man. Shit happens. Like, it's just, it's, it's as you get older as a fighter, except if your name's BJ Penn, like, I feel like you just kind of, like, understand, like, hey, you know, some shit happens. It doesn't, it doesn't bounce my way. It is what it is at that point. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. I do. And Cub, Cub's one of those guys who, like, he understands that. That, hey, you know, sometimes the ball is just not going to bounce my way. It is what it is. We're just going to keep going on. And I feel like that's what he does. So it's definitely a huge shout-out to him for it. Uh, moving up, we got to go. Derek Brunson versus Elias uh, Theodoru. Uh, this was decision. 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. I actually had this 30-27 as well. Uh, Derek Brunson, man. Good God, this man. 65 of 103 uh, total strikes. 56 of 94 for significant strikes. Four for nine for his takedowns. Uh, Elias was 87 to 194, uh, 65 of 170, and 0 for 1 for his takedowns. Uh, Derek Brunson, man, I felt like watching him, he was just calling the shots. He just knew where he wanted to fight. He was like, I'm just going to take it here. I'm going to beat on you here. I'm going to let you stand up. I'm going to take you out on you there, take you back to the ground, beat on you some more. And it, that's just what it was for all three rounds to me. What would you? How, how were you feeling about the fight? Here has this Derek Brunson been in a few right good god he looked good he looked he looked like he he played his cards the way he wanted and everything unfolded 
No, I'm not going to take anything away from Derek, what Derek's done in his career. He's 19 and 7. And of those seven losses, one was to Robert Whitaker. The others were Anderson Silva. He got knocked out by a uh, by head kick and punches by Ronaldo Souza and Israel Adesanya. Uh, uh, TKO'd him with knees and punches. This guy came out and had his way. He showed that he could wrestle. He showed he can strike. This Derek Brunson was lit. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, and somebody, you know, it's the second time though that he's lost to Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo Souza. Um, you know, because he did lose at Strike Force. Um, but the funny thing is that his first loss actually came to Kendall Grove from Hawaii, which, um, crazy enough, now Kendall Grove fights at a bare knuckle uh, fighting championship. So just crazy to. I throw that out there. That was a that was that was a split decision loss too. At that, yeah, right. Hey, look at that! It was in Missouri for that. Um, and then uh, Yoel Romero. Obviously, we know Yoel. He's just a he's a nightmare. So put it out there. But no, Derek Brunson looked good in this fight. It's definitely good to see he came back. Um, obviously, it's Israel Adesanya. We've talked about the the last style bender. Um, and you know, obviously, he's a he's an interim champ right now. So we'll see what happens. You know, going forward. Um, but we got to get into your fight of the night because I know this is something that you, you really, 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 really want to talk about. So, Aliquinta, Donald Cerrone, five rounds of masterful chess played by Donald Cerrone. Let's just let's be honest. Um, the fight itself was scored uh, 49 45, 49 45, 49 46. Um, all for Donald Cerrone. I. Would have taken it a step farther and said, I mean, as much as it was going back and forth, I felt like it's a 50, 50 card uh, win, 50 45. I thought he took all five rounds personally. Donald Cerrone took the fight everywhere he wanted to go and anywhere he wanted to go. And I just feel like Aliquinta, like, as strong as a fighter as Aliquinta is and how much of a name he's made for himself since the Khabib fight, right? And I only say since the Khabib fight because really, like, taking that fight on 40 hours, 48 hours notice, as much as I want to say, like, I know he's done other things, I know he's been fighting other people, but God bless, man, Donald Cerrone was like, I am not messing with you, I'm coming in, I'm going to walk through you, and he did, man, so give us your thoughts on this fight, man. Woo, this was the fight that we trying to figure out how to do this podcast this week because everything going on. I'm like, no, we are doing this podcast. I am talking about Donald Cerrone and the masterpiece that he did. He dominated that fight. He did a few up kicks to the dude's head or standing kicks to the dude's head. He usually kicks him in the, uh, in the, in the abdomen or in the chest. This time he, to Al, he was getting him in the face with, with the uh, standing up kicks. It was a masterful piece. I mean, what could you say say about that? I I had it, and uh, I don't know if if this card if this card this uh, UFC event was the new rules. But if it was the new rules, I would have definitely had this like a fifty like a fifty forty three because there was two rounds where I didn't know if. If Al was gonna make it out, like he wasn't doing anything, he would do a couple things, but Donald just dominated. I don't think it's like the second and the fourth rounds, he was just dominant. And 
but so I had it. I had it either a fifty forty four or a fifty forty three. If you're if there's the new rules, the new scoring system, but fifty forty five was what it was. Um, what's interesting is how tough is Al Ian Quinton? How tough is this dude? Oh yeah, this dude took took massive strikes to the head and just kept on running with it and just kept on moving forward at that. This guy has got a chin on him. Oh, he's devastating, man. There's no doubt. Like, Aliquinta, like, he just, he, it, I don't know, man. Every time I watch him fight, it's just like, he literally lives by that I'm not going to die attitude. You know, he did have the big win against Kevin Lee prior to the Donald Cerrone fight. Um, and then we obviously talked about the Khabib fight. But he's like, man, he can take a lot of punishment. He's got great endurance. Let's not, let's not you know, deny that. It's And it's crazy, too, because I want to mention this. Like, he's got great endurance, but I felt like Cowboy Cerrone was like, nah, dude, you're not on my level of endurance, and showcase that. You know what I mean? Yeah. By the way, I found this that 87 head strikes he took. Yeah. He was getting... Well, his his face was all messed up, like, towards the end of that fight. Like, he was just... It looked like everything was swollen on his face. <laughs> Oh my God, that was such a great. That's that so great. It was great to to see Donald get this win. This win. This is a big win because Al is still raging out. Um, on top of it, Al he still wants a title shot. If he doesn't want a title shot, he wants Conor McGregor. And I think Donald Cerrone deserves a major payday from what he's been doing in the UFC. He has the most wins, the most finishes in UFC history. Yeah, it's impressive. He's got a great career. I think. The, I think. I think what they said was, um, since the birth of danger, he's three and zero in the octagon. <laughs> I found that I found that to be a funny stat. I was like, true that he's fighting for the sun. Yeah. He's not fighting for nobody else. <laughs> he's hungry. He he wants he wants to, he wants he wants everything for Jackson. Yeah, danger no Jackson. That is such a great name. That is was it? It's Daxon, right? Daxon Danger. <laughs> That's that is a cool name. I'm not gonna lie. I I might want to consider that if I decide to have another kid. Um. All right. So we're gonna move on. So Anthony, what's what we got? What we got next, man? Let's talk about the next thing. Oh, let's not talk about that. I just is one. It's one hard thing to understand. And here's the thing. I am very against anything that happens in this way. I am against it. I I my Twitter. My Twitter calls people out for domestics. I understand this is not a domestic thing, but it's still a battery thing because he he physically lifted up his wife. Anthony Rumble Johnson is one out is he's one of those guys that I will not call out because I am not trying to get knocked out by him. But <laughs> you do not put your hands on a woman unless it's in a sexual way. And I'm sorry I might have to bleep that out, but hey, you know what? Walk right. away from it. If she's cornered you and she's throwing blows, then I understand the whole yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wrestle her I'm going to lift her up, and I'm going to put her in another room. Cool. But if she's not throwing blows, she's not calling you, just walk away. So let's let's get into, like, what's going on, right? So Anthony Rommel Johnson was arrested uh, a couple days ago. Um, and I say that a couple days ago. This would have been uh, May 7th, right? So it was announced yesterday uh, for domestic violence, right? Um, so apparently what had happened, and this is all he, this is all speculation currently until, like, more stuff comes out about it, but Anthony Rumble Johnson and his wife got into an argument. Um, while in the midst of an argument, he didn't want to argue with her no more. He picked her up, 
Um, and he carried her into another room, sat her in a room, and just walked away from the whole situation. Uh, reportedly, uh, girlfriend called uh, the cops. The cops came through. Uh, she said that she was scared because of the size of, obviously, because we know Rumble Johnson. He's a big guy. Um, but because uh, because of his size and his martial arts experience, she was worried that something was going to happen to her. So she called the cops. Um, so they came through. They arrested him. Uh, woman didn't have any visible injuries, right, that they said. Um, but Johnson did admit that he grabbed her uh, and carried her, obviously, because with no intentions to hurt her, he just didn't want to argue anymore about what was going on. Now, what the argument was about, we don't know, nor does it really matter. Um, but the biggest thing, too, out of this was that um, it's not his first time for being arrested for domestic violence, right? Um, he was busted back in 2009 for um, an incident involving an ex-girlfriend, which uh, later pleaded to a no contest and was dropped to a misdemeanor. Um, not saying that he has a history of this, right? But this is the second time that he's been in trouble. And as Anthony said, anything that happens with women in a physical violence, it's definitely... We we condone we condemn those actions, right? We don't condone them. We we definitely condemn those actions. The crazy thing about it is that I think Anthony knew that he was getting to that trigger point, and he was like, you know what? I gotta take her and move her on, and just move her away from the situation, move myself out of the situation, because he is a trained MMA fighter. Like, had he hit her, obviously we'd be talking about something bigger, you know. But it but the crazy thing is, it didn't sound like he put up a fight right with the cops. He just is like, nope, let's go. They arrested him, they took him in, they booked him, they released his photo, his mugshot to um, TMZ. It is what it is. Um, but hopefully, and I mean, I guess it could have been way worse. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just, I'm reading this story and the story says this. The woman claims she started packing AJ, Anthony Rumble Johnson's belongings to throw him out of the house when he forcefully picked her up. Put her in a football hold and carried her into another room. What is a so, football hold? <laughs> holding. Five-yard penalty. No. Um, I just, you know, you're, they're, evidently they're in an argument. Evidently, things weren't going his way. Evidently that he wanted her to stop doing whatever she's doing. And for, from the story, she's packing the shit. Uh, and he put her hands, his hands on her. Yep. Again, if she stone blows and you can't get away from it, then I then I then I'm like, all right, man, self defend yourself, restrain her enough to get away. But if it's to get her to stop packing your stuff or talking or screaming at you, walk away, man. There's a door. There's a window. You're Anthony Rumble Johnson. You could probably run and leap through a wall to get out. Um, there's just other ways of doing it. Lifting her up to put her in another room and not, not punching her, but just lifting her up in another room is still size difference, man. Size it's, difference. It's rough. It's still, still hard. The hard, hard thing to vision. It's a scary thing to vision, especially with Anthony Rumble Johnson. Is he's no joke. And again, I'm not saying I'm going to call Anthony Rumble Johnson out because. I ain't trying to get knocked out. Well, it's crazy. Like, 
I guess, and, and, and like I said, in a sense, it could have been worse, right? We could be talking a whole different story. So, I'm glad that, you know, Rumble understood that, like, his trigger points were being hit. So, he was like, you know what? I'm going to take her out of the situation. He should have just taken himself. And it's hard to say, hindsight, right? We're looking back. We're like, you should have done this. Hey, he did what he thought was right in a situation. Not that I'm, con- not that I'm condemning it, right? Not that I'm saying, it, or I'm, I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, that was great condoning it. I'm not, I'm not trying to put that out there. But he, he did what he thought was best in the situation, and he, you know, it is what it is at that point. And I don't know, man. I just, Anthony, I just, I hope you get the the help that you're looking for, man, and you continue to grow as a person, man, because you know. In a sense, you thought you did the right move. Obviously, it was not. Um, well, I shouldn't say obviously. At this, in, in the moment, looking back on it, it wasn't the right move. So, you know, I hope that you, you continue to grow as a person because it looks like you're trying to take steps. Because I remember when this story first broke back in, I remember back in 2009 when this story first broke, it was a lot worse than what it is now. So, continue growing and doing your thing, man, but... You know, it is what it is. All right, done with that. I I, I don't want definitely to. agree with you. I I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, thank thank you, thank you for not hitting her. Thank for thank you for not slapping her, punching her, choking her out. Thank you for not doing what War Machine did to Chrissy. Man. Thank you for being that big of a man, at least just like just to get, try to get away from the situation. So, leaving one person who's retired from MMA from the UFC into possible conversations of someone who may be joining the UFC, who's been very, in, well, somebody's been very interested, quote-unquote, in bringing this person into the UFC, and that person would be, obviously, Dana White is interested in bringing this person in. Let's talk about Beat the Streets, man, because you and I, we were born, well, you were adopted into wrestling. I was born into this in, into the sport. Um, Jordan Burroughs versus Ben Askren. Uh, main event, Beat the Streets, Madison Square Garden. Oh, my God. Like, I get that Ben Askren hasn't wrestled in full competition in nine years, right? Like, full setup competition. Um, but Jordan just dominated Ben Askren 11-0 to zero in the main event. And he's got such a freak uh power double leg it is amazing to watch and ben askren he didn't have an answer he just he had to take the ass whooping that he got <laughs> Eleven to zero tech fall and all we can say is what a nasty double leg sweep that was god he just he punished him it was power double legs power uh quick ankle picks Left and right, man. It was, you know, I just felt like Ben Askren knew that this was going to be, I think he knew this was going to be bad. And I think he probably tried to tell himself, like, you know what, maybe I've got just enough to hang through. Jordan was like, dude, there are, and he's right, there are levels to this. Like, there are levels to elite competition in wrestling. And Jordan showed us that, hey, man, he is he is a there's a reason why people keep referring to him as the goat of wrestling because he's on a whole nother level than what a lot of these guys are man it is amazing to watch 
Shout outs, shout out, shout outs to Ben Askren for putting on this match for a charity event. That that's awesome to see happen. Now let's 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 talk about something here. Let's really talk about what would happen if Jordan Burroughs does the like, like he he looks like he could probably throw a couple scraps. You know what's and funny, we know though? that there's wrestlers. That, go ahead. No, no, no. I just he's okay. So I'm very interested to see him strike right. In the UFC. But here's my problem with the whole situation. He definitely needs to stay in the wrestling world. And just bypass the UFC altogether. I just... Because the problem with someone like Jordan, Jordan Burroughs. You run to the same situation that you had with John Fitch. Or Jake Shields. Or... Um, God, like Brock Lesnar. Right? That all these outstanding wrestlers... Um, they could, they have, they could have potential like, you know, uh, Evans, Sugar Rashad Evans, like all these guys have great potential to strike, but their game is all based on wrestling and Jordan, Jordan makes a lot of money on the mat. And I just don't know if he can translate from the wrestling side into a striking, into a combative jujitsu. I just, I don't, I don't know if I see that in him. I see him obviously dominating a fight and grinding out fights, but I'm, I'd be very curious to see how his hands are in uh, in the octagon. He just, you know, we, we see it all the time. Look, I mean, look at Khabib. Khabib will wrestle you and put pressure on you and ultimately tire you out to get a submission. Khabib, I don't know if Khabib is even, like you said, on the level of wrestling as as Jordan Burroughs. And we're talking about talking about probably the greatest wrestler to ever step on a mat. He his freshman year at wrestling, he was a reserve for nationals. Sophomore year goes on, gets third, then wins back to back national championships. Um goes out and does it what he does in uh afterwards. Um I just I don't know if if he comes out and fights and wrestles or fights at 165. Well, it would be 175, correct? Um, well, I mean, or would he go down to 155? I don't know if he'd be able to. Because Dana said that they're not going to have a 165. Yeah, but Dana also said that women were never going to fight in the UFC. So I don't, I don't really believe anything Dana has to say. If Jordan Burroughs wants to fight at 165, I guarantee you. That Dana White says, "All right, we have a 165 fight class because there already there are um, every athletic commission has already granted him permission to have a 165 uh, weight class. Just Dana is just like, I'm not going to do it. But if Jordan Jordan says I want to fight at 165, I guarantee you they they move the 70 class to 175 and they open up a 165 class just for him. Oh, going back to there." So let, let's talk about let's let's talk about let, let's say Dana is is firm and he's like, no, I am not gonna have a uh, a a one sixty five vision. Let's say he goes to one seventy. Who does who does he fight? Oh, I mean, geez, dude, I, there's gonna be a list of people who are gonna want to fight, who are gonna want to be the first person to fight at one seventy. For or yeah, for him. I'm just trying to 
think about who I would, who would you, who would you have? I'm just, I'm pulling up the roster actually right now. That's what I'm doing too. Um, so one seventy five. So that's gonna be, is that gonna be Robbie Whitaker? That's no, he's one eighty five. Yeah, he's eighty five pounds. So Kumar Usman, so the welterweight. So you got Kobe Covington, Tyrone Woodley, RDA, George Mazaval, Ben Askren, Darren Hill, Wonderboy Stevens, Pettis, uh, Nebo, Bio, Robbie Lawler, and Damian Maya. Those are your and Neil Magny, I guess. Those are your real big so I would say, yeah. So I I would say his first fight, right? Jordan's first fight. If I had to match him up with somebody first, I think the first fight that I would have him go is Neil Mag Magny. I just you got to put him in with someone who's kind of in a rank, higher ranked, but not like all the way up. You know what I mean? Because this is going to be his debut fight, right? So it's going to have to be somebody in that weight class. To be honest, I may even go oh, wow. out. I may even go out and get like Michael Jackson and have him go and fight uh have him drop down to one seventy and fight Jordan Harborough just in Michael Jackson. Yeah, you remember the guy that fought CM Punk like last year? That 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 dude's probably should never wrestle in the UFC again anyways. Moving on from that name. How about this? <laughs> you gotta you, give him you somebody want him, you wanna say you want to say you, you want to give him Neil Magny. I say you give him uh, Leon Edwards. I mean, it's a solid choice. But the problem that you're going to run into is that once he gets past, let's say he gets past Leon Edwards, right? Then you got you got Pettis, who's got great striking, great Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You have uh, Steven Thompson, who maybe that would be the next person that I might have put in there because Steven Thompson, as good as he is at striking, his I don't know if his, his grapple game is not there, right? And we know that because Woodley do- can dominate him at any given time. It would be interesting to see, once he gets to like Ben Askren, it would be very interesting to see how everything else plays out because all those guys can strike and all those guys can wrestle. And it'll be interesting to see where Jordan would be um, in a few years after that. And mind you, I, he's I 30 think, years old. It's not like he's a spring chicken. You know what I mean? I think that you – I think if he gets in there and he's a decent striker, like we're not saying he's going to be Anthony Pettis striking, but since he's got that wrestling, that is probably going to be the best UFC he's ever seen. Uh I say I say you probably give him Darren Till, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson, Anthony Pettis, and I think he beats those dudes. Get to Ben Askren. We know he's gonna beat Ben wrestling, but, but yeah. can he hang? Can he do enough? Can he do enough to get past Darren, uh To get past Ben Askren? Oh, I know he will. In the UFC. Oh, I know he will. I'm, I'll just put it out there. I know he will. You know why I know that then, he'll. Then why, then why? Because, because the thing is, is Ben Askren, he'll take he'll take fights to decisions. The problem with Ben Askren, though, is obviously we saw with Jordan Hart, with Jordan, um, Jordan's wrestling, Jordan Burroughs wrestling is like on a whole nother level than what Ben is. Ben's gonna want to throw, but obviously Jordan's gonna be too quick to throw. He's just gonna he's just gonna take him to the ground, 
and just grind him out. Why not? Then why not give him RDA, Kobe Covington, or Tyron Woodley? Well, first of all, Woodley has. I I would be very interested to see what Woodley's wrestling would look like against Jordan's. I would I would I would put that out there. But the problem with Woodley and Ty well with Woodley and uh, RDA. They got nasty hands. Not only can they stuff your takedown, but if they stuff your takedown, we're going to find out how Jordan's chin is. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like, it's going to be heavy. And those bombs that are going to come down, they're going to they're gonna test him, you know. And I would think that in the first three fights, I don't think that's who you want to throw at him. I think you want to give Jordan some time to kind of grow and mature in the training camp. I just... I think for his sake, I, I think, he should I think, definitely stay in the wrestling give, world. I think you give him the contender series. I mean, you could. You give him like two fights in the contender give, series. And see what he's at. They're doing it for a woman beating Greg uh, uh, Greg Hardy. Give 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 a gold gold a world gold medalist the contender series. Let him do his thing, and then if he looks good, give him that Leon Edwards. Then give him after if if he dominates Leon Edwards, give him Darren Hill or Stephen Wonderboy Thompson or Anthony Pettis. And if he dominates them, then we're talking about Colby Covington. We're talking about RDA and Tyron Woodley. I mean, really, all he needs is real six big wins: two in the contender series and four big wins in the UFC, and he can talk be talking title fight already. Maybe, maybe, but we're still talking about. The possibility of him in octagon, let's say he does two Winning. fights in the contender series. You talk about probably four month periods between those two. That's eight months. He makes his debut a year later. You know, at best he has three fights. So we're still talking about a three year plan, and we're talking possibly him being thirty three, thirty four before he ever contends for a championship. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to say. How like, old is? How old is uh? Is uh? How old is Daniel Cormier? He's, yeah, but you can't compare those two. Daniel's Daniel. Daniel's been in a fight game a lot longer than what we're even. He I'm, started I'm in a fight game earlier. Than I'm just saying did. that. I'm just saying that Daniel's out there keeping keeping two, two belt Dan, two belt Dan doing his big thing. Yeah, but I'm just saying Dan. He's forty, right? He's 40 right now. I think he's actually 41. I think he's 41 years old. Or he just turned 40 or he's turning 41. But we're talking about – no, he's 40 because he was going to retire in 40. March. Um, just turned 40. Yeah. So we're talking about all the stuff that he's been able to accomplish. He started – I felt like he started before like he ever – like he finished with his world world championship – right world tour and and wrestling and then went in like relatively like i want to say like 28 when he first started fighting i know that's that's still old ish 20 like 27 28 when he first started fighting like i just don't but i i'm just saying like jordan is in a tougher weight class with a lot more like a lot more heavy hitters especially in the ufc and you know that to be true because we're sitting here talking about a Colby Covington. We're talking about RDA. We're talking about Mazadol. We're talking about Askren. We're talking about Woodley. We're talking about Robbie Lawler. 
you know, Anthony Pettis, Stephen Thompson. We're talking about guys who will knock people out. Darren Till. Darren Till, we, we've mentioned him. But we know, like, those that whole top ten, any at any given time, all those guys, they put two or three wins together. All of a sudden, they're fighting Kumar Usman, who we haven't even really talked about. And he's the champ. You know what I mean? Like, and we know that Usman has nasty hands. But, well, let's let let's be honest here. Let's be honest. We're talking about the welterweight division versus the the heavyweight division. Who's gonna hit harder? You're saying you're saying that you're gonna you're saying that that Damian Maya hits harder than what I'm Frank saying. No, what I'm saying is that pound for pound, the welterweight division is stronger than the heavyweight division is. That's what I'm saying. DC, let's let's be real, okay? No, let's let's be real. Let's be real. DC was a heavyweight person in Strike Force and won the tournament. Okay, the Strike Force Grand Prix tournament. Then he drops down to 205, and all except for John Jones clears house. Okay, then moves up into, and let's be real, okay, a a really depleted heavyweight division. It it is what it is, okay? And he wins the title from Stipe. And we're talking about a guy I would who, rather get I would rather get hit by a welterweight guy than Anthony Rumble Johnson. He got his bell rung by Anthony Rumble Johnson and still came back and won that fight. What I'm saying is is Daniel is doing this as age. And yes, he, he he's been doing the fight game a lot longer. But the fight game, it we see the fight game as this. We see the fight game as boxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, kickboxing. Wrestling is still a combative, a combative sport. It's still a competitive enough sport that you're doing things there. I, I think Jordan could come and do big things in the UFC. I think he wins a couple fights in the UFC. But nowhere near where you think he's gonna be. I'm just saying there's a lot of cats, and and I think of the welterweight as being like a meat grinder of fighters currently. Every person, listen, we have Stephen Thompson, former champion or uh, title contender, Anthony Pettis, former champion, Robbie Lawler, former champion, Ben Askren, former champion. Uh, Mazovdal, uh, I think he's a title contender. RDA, former champion. Tyrone Woodley, war- former champion. Uh, Kamar Usman, former uh, champion. Neil Magby. You just—I'm just, just saying. You literally just said. You literally just said that that he would hang with Ben Askren, who's ranked number five in the UFC right well, now. What I'm no. What I said was is that he would be able to wrestle him. We've seen his wrestling, and I said that he can. Now, once if he gets past someone like Ben Askren, he's going to get tested in the chin by Tyrone Woodley, by Colby Covington. He'll get tested by Darren Till. He'll get tested by Steven Thompson. He'll get tested by Kamar Usman. If you look at the heavyweight division, we're talking about Alistair Overeem, Cain Velasquez, uh, Junior Dos Santos, Stipe, and uh, DC. We're talking about five five guys who have won championships, right, in the UFC. And then we're looking over here 
at the welterweight. I'm telling you, man, the welterweight division, pound for pound, against all other divisions, is probably the toughest division to fight in. I agree I, with that. I agree with that. I understand that. And we're talking, about, I'm talking about taking a guy, but you're talking about taking a but we're talking about taking a guy at the age of 30 and saying, hey, we think you could be competitive at 170 and we'll have you go through and battle any of these guys in the top 15. And you may knock off some guys. You may. But in a time that we're expecting him to be an elite fighter, right? Versus an elite wrestler, because there's a, we gotta be honest, there's there's a different there's a different level to it. We're talking about an elite wrestler to become an elite fighter. We're talking about he's gonna do it in four years. Come on, man, that's not it's not even realistic. DC's still struggling with his with him being an elite wrestler, man. striker. I just I'm telling you, I'm tweet I'm gonna tweet out to Jordan Burroughs. I'm gonna give him your address. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pay him a thousand dollars to come out there and put your your ass in a pretzel, and for all the shit that you're talking. And anyways, the hey, besides a, that, hey Jordan, Jordan <laughs> that was awesome. That was that. It was an awesome. It was an awesome charity. But we're gonna move on from this situation <laughs> because you you know, man. There's actually a dude that I really I am really interested in. So obviously, we saw Kyle Snyder was at the beat the streets. Right, it was definitely huge. Um, there's another guy in Russia um, who's who's training right now. I think he's like 22 years old. I heard him on the Joe Rogan. Po- uh, they were talking about on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, but keep keep a look look out. Uh, Sadaluva, Sad, uh, Sad Saduluva, Salute Saludavid. I don't know, but um, you'll see. He's gonna pop up because he's training right now to break into the to the mixed martial arts world and he's gonna be a, a factor. But there's another person right there, right? Kyle Snyder. Like he's twenty twenty three years old right now. He's a world champion. Um that's a dude when he crosses into the heavyweight world, dude, he's gonna punish people. And we're gonna this conversation is gonna come back up about wrestling and striking and we're gonna be like, well, here's the difference between Snyder and Burroughs and it's all gonna be a, revolved around age. So, let's move on. Martin, if you listen to this, man, I believe in you. Kick Cliff's ass. Put him in a pretzel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he lives in New Jersey. He's not too far from me. Uh, so, let's move up. All right, so we did have a boxing fight that happened. Uh, Canelo actually fought against Daniel Jacobs. You had an inter- interesting perspective on this fight. So, let's dive down a little bit. Let's talk about what was up with this fight. Um, it. Makes me wonder, and, and here's the thing, we all know the boxing game is dirty. Dirty, 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 filthy, like my ex-girlfriend. Um, talking about you, Jade. But anyways, I'm uh, sitting there in this looking and watching. I'm, I don't think Canelo won that fight. I'm just going to throw it out there. I, don't, I think he won the first few rounds. He had a good pace. But I think probably six through five or six through 11 at least, I think Jacobs won. I, I literally think Jacobs won that fight. I literally thought it was 116-114 for Jacobs. Yeah, no, wait, say that again. What did you have the score as? 116-114. Hmm, that's not bad. Okay, so give you guys a heads up. Um, Canelo, he did fight. Um, he fought Jacobs, as, as Anthony has mentioned. 
Um, and we do know that boxing is it is a dirty sport, like we've been talking about as far as like corruption wise. Um, scorecards had it 115, 113, 115, 113, 116, 112. And the interesting thing was that CBS actually had this 114, 114. So um, it is just right. I just pulled this right off of their their website. Um, I know when I was watching a fight, I saw a, uh, I saw the fight and then I saw the highlights, and the highlights made it like they painted a picture like that Canelo in the beginning of the fight was doing really really well, and then like towards the end he kind of gassed out. But I didn't see the fight that way. I saw Jacobs in there battling, landing, and getting eating punches. But there's a few few fight or a few rounds where like Jacobs landed like a nasty shot in the tenth, and you could see that Canelo was rocked, like he wasn't super rocked, but you could tell like he got hit. He's like, I'm not, I'm not taking this punishment again. I'm not gonna do this. Um, I wish we had um, our other friend on the air with us tonight, um, David. Uh, he is a connoisseur of boxing. Um, and he could definitely break down this fight a little bit better than what we could. Um, that's just his whole world. Um, but it was interesting to see that Jacobs was able to not just throw, but to throw punches and bunches and land. And I think that's just a testament to like Canelo, because Canelo, like, he was just taking him on the outsides, getting hit on the inside. He ate a couple uppercuts. It was just very interesting to see that Canelo couldn't withstand. Um, a lot of the punishment that he was dealing and I'm not going to say that Jacobs was like the dominant fighter in this fight but Jacobs definitely he set a tone and I kind of felt it was funny because I felt like when Floyd beat Canelo it was a young Canelo right but now that Canelo beat Jacobs I would not be surprised if Jacobs starts making a little name for himself and we start talking about him being a, a prize fighter here soon agreed I definitely agree with that. Um, those eighth and ninth rounds looked horrible for Canelo. Uh, it did not look good. He looked gassed out in the eighth and ninth. The tenth, he looked better. Then he got rocked. The eleventh, he just didn't look very good. And the twelfth, he kind of he set the pace of the twelfth to to finally finish off. But still sitting there like, come on, was it one eighteen one twelve? That's that's what one judge had it. Uh, no, I think the three judges had it. 115, 113, 115, 113, 116, 112. But Jacobs, I mean, Jacobs is a little beast, man. So I know he's he's 32, um, so he's not like, obviously he's not in the prime. But man, it's just Canelo, Canelo needs to find something to add to his game because it's not a good look when you have someone, obviously with a little bit more experience, but he's able to land and tag a whole bunch onto what... um. Canelo couldn't handle, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, and and now you gotta maybe that maybe a triple G Canelo third fight. That's what they're talking about now. And I'm like, how much more dirty are you gonna get to make Canelo win this one? Because Canelo did not look good. Nah, he didn't. But it is what it is. So I can't wait to see. Hopefully, we get the triple G fight. I'd like to see it again. But, you know, we'll see what happens. This It's boxing. They'll just pair him with whoever they can get a quick payday from. So, it is what it is. So, 
enough about the boxing world because it's dirty enough. We're done talking about Anthony Johnson. We love to beat the streets. We are big supporters of wrestling. It's just what we do. Um, but we're going to move on because we got to get to dun, da, 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 Rio de Janeiro, mm. Brazil. So we got UFC 237 coming up. Um, it is, like I said, in Brazil. Uh, this will be on May 11th. This is a massive card. Um, as far as like a lot of like great fighters that you can see on the card. Um, but there's one fight in there. I just I don't know if it belongs on a UFC fight card. Like the UFC pay-per-view card. Um, this is going to be kind of a big deal. Someone's going to say something to me. At me. CM underscore Miller 85. Go ahead. Say your worst. Whatever. But BJ Penn versus Clay Guida is on this fight card, um, on the ESPN <laughs> card. And I have to be honest, man. This is a fight that I would love to have seen 10 years ago. Not today. Hey, boy, BJ on this card, try to get another L, it looks like. God, like, and you know, like, Clay, like, he's going to be, he's going to be Clay Guida. You know what I mean? He's going to be, in, he's going to be the carpenter as always. He's going to bounce in. He's going to bounce out. But the fact that BJ Penn is on this card again, it just it hurts to think about because you're just like, come on, man, like, just be done. Like, I know this is what you know. I know this is what you know, but you've got to move on, man. You be a coach, help train the future of Hawaii's fighters. All those kids are there, man. They got all this pride. Go train with them and teach them how to become like excellent fighters and just like excellent people. Because obviously you're running around with a pitchfork trying to hit your fucking neighbor with it. Like, God bless, man. Just fucking retire and just move on. I just, I cannot stand the fact that BJ Penn is on this card, especially after all the losses that he's taken. Like, he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then once he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame, like, it's just L, 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 L. And it's just, come on, man. Just please. For the love of God, because you're going to finish 500. Like, let's be real. If he loses this fight to Clay Guida, he's now 16 and 14 in the UFC. You know, like, that just, you're just damaging your legacy all the way through, man. It's not a good look. It's not funny. We're not laughing about it. We all remember when you were, like, doing bomb-ass shit with George St. Pierre. When you were fighting people like, um, Shirk, like... We we know the fights, man. We don't we don't need you to keep fighting, man. You're just gonna damage yourself in the end. Like, just please, after this fight, just stop. Please, just stop. Get the W and put your gloves in the middle of the octagon. And call it good, is what you're saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh I. It's weird to have him even at a at a region at De Janeiro card. I mean, I understand the other two 40-year-olds that are in this thing. You got Minotauro Nagaro. You got, you got Antonio uh, Minotauro. He's 40, I think 42. And he's fighting. Um, I think he's 42. Don't quote me on that. He might be 40. No, he's 42 until June. He's almost 43. You got Anderson Silva, who's 44 on this fight card. And we understand why they're on there. But BJ Penn, like you said, you should have hung it up. I, And I hate to say it this way, and I really 
Cliff, don't hate me for this when I say this. But he should have hung it up when he took the L from um, Air Rodriguez. He, um, he, he fought hard against, against Warren McDonald. He, he, in, in 2012. I was like, you're being way too nice. And then he fought hard. And then he fought hard against uh, Frankie Edgar. But no, he didn't. Stop front it. Kick and front, <laughs> front kick and punches against against Yair should have been done. Then he goes against De- Dennis Siver. Siver? Siver. Who is 40 as well. And then he got beat by the uh, the wizard, uh, Ryan Hall. I mean, there's losses on here. I'm just like, dude. You should have been done. I'm gonna be honest, especially against after year after year. BJ Penn should have been done after the second, or actually, I'll say it like this: he should have been done after the Matt Hughes fight. He did have the back-to-back losses to Frankie Edgar, which were, you know, the one was in um, God uh, Abu Dhabi, and he got dominated in that fight. They came back to Boston, uh, they fought again. He got dominated in that fight. He knocked out Matt Hughes. He had to no contest with John Fitch. And are the draw with not with Fitch and then Nick Diaz, man. Remember, you remember this fight because this fight was where Nick Diaz was like, I didn't want to fight BJ Penn because he's a friend of mine. But Nick Diaz was landing eight hit combos on BJ Penn, and then BJ goes and fights Rory McDonald, and Mac laid a truck to him too, and then he came back. And he's like, I want to fight. I want to fight. So they're like, we'll give you Frankie Edgar. And Edgar and him, they dropped down to like 145 to fight. And BJ Penn looked horrible in that fight. He got dominated for three straight rounds. He got punched repeatedly in the face. And we watched him go down. And when he was laying on the ground, I think it was Herb Dean who ended up stopping the fight. But, yo, punishment after punishment after punishment after punishment. And finally, they it was a mercy call, man. Like, BJ is a tough fighter. He could take, he'll eat all the punches in the world. But I really think he should have stopped fighting after the John Fitch fight. It just, it's the way I feel about it. I mean, all these, all these losses that, are unnecessary. I remember when he lost to Nick Diaz. There's the fight of the night, uh, UFC 137. In 2011, that was the that was the night that Nick started calling out George St. Pierre, knocking the camera over, uh, which led up to their their uh, fight. But nonetheless, moving forward, BJ, best of luck to you, buddy. Best of luck. All right, so we're gonna move on. Uh, we're only gonna talk about the main card after this. Uh, so we do have Francisco Trinidaldo versus Carlos Diego Ferreira. Uh, this is an interesting fight because this is a guy who's 40 years old. Here we are talking trash about BJ Penn. But um, <laughs> he did come off a big win off of Evan Dunham. Whereas uh, Carlos, he's coming off of a he's coming off a big win streak. As, or he's coming on a big win streak right now. Uh, Rustam decision unanimous in his last fight. So it's definitely interesting to see these two, um, their styles come through. Uh, I, I'm going to lean with Carlos in this fight, man. I just think that he's got a lot of momentum on his side. I think he's got the ability to stop. So I, I'm going to lean with him, and I'm going to rock with that dude. I think I'm going to go with Carlos, too. I just think that uh, Francisco 
is getting older in that octagon, and as he's getting older, it shows. Um, like you said, he is coming in here uh, in his last five fights: win, loss, win, loss, win. Uh, beat Evan Durham with those with the uh, with the knee to the body, but he also lost to Kevin Lee with rear naked choke, and he lost to James Vick. Uh, so I just think that uh. Yeah, age is catching up to Francisco. Yeah. So next fight that we have coming up, um, we have Thiago Alves versus uh, Liriano Verstapoli. Um, I know it's his debut fight, so I know Starpoli is a uh, is a, is he's going to be a strong fighter for this content in this uh, in the welterweight division. I'm still a huge fan of the pit bull. I'm going to lean with the pit bull in this one. So Thiago Alves, man, you do have my respect. I know he's 35 in this octagon. But hey, man, he's been there forever, and it's hard not to root for him, especially after his win with uh against Max Griffin. It was a monster fight. So I'm gonna pull, even though I know it was for a split. I'm gonna pull with uh, Tiago in this one, and just I'm gonna keep rocking. I think so too. I think that we're gonna agree with that because uh, the pitbull is is not someone to mess around with the octagon. If he gets that chance to knock you out, he's gonna knock you out. Yes. So. This card down that okay, so this fight that's coming up, this is gonna be the I I have a sneaky suspicion this is gonna be the fight of the night, right? Jose Aldo versus Alexander Voldanovsky. Uh Voldanovsky is nineteen and one. I mean, he's coming off a huge knockout on uh now retired Chaz Mendez. Uh just a he's just a monster, man. And Jose Aldo, obviously one of the most respected uh, people in his division, we do see that we did see that he came off of a huge knockout of uh, Mary Cano uh, back in February. But you were talking about like two dudes who have a lot of fight experience. Um, like I said, nineteen and one versus twenty eight and four. I would like to go for Jose Aldo uh, just because it's in Brazil. If it goes to decision, Jose's winning this fight. Otherwise. I'm going to take uh, Volodovsky in this fight, and I think it's going to get ended early. Um, this is up in the air. I mean, it's one of those fights where we where we know who Jose Waldo is. And no, no respect to <laughs> Jose Waldo, uh, but, but as much as we make fun of you because you got knocked out, out by Connor. You came back and beat up on Frankie. You lost to Max. You beat up Jeremy Heath Stevens. And then knocked out Renato Mociano. Um you looked he looked good as that last fight, dude. You, that is something that we cannot take away from him. He he was that veteran he had that veteran experience where he realized somebody was hurt and it was on there. But Alexander Volkanovsky is on a 16 fight win streak, and like you said, he just beat up on Chad. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Alexander too. I I wouldn't mind seeing Jose get a win at home, but then again, I wouldn't mind seeing Jose lose again. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. So um, our next our next fight going up is Jared Canier. Uh, going to be fighting Anderson the Spider Silva. Um, obviously we know Silva, his last fight 
was against Israel Adesanya, you know, so we definitely know that that fight was there. Um, I think the one thing that worries me about this fight is that aside from the Nick Diaz fight, which was no contest, and Derek Brunson, which he did win in uh, decision, um, every other fight has been a loss. And I think that's what worries me, especially going into the um, going into this fight with Jared Canier. With that being said, though, it is the Spider Silva. He's still very deadly on his feet. Um, I respect David Branch, but he's not Spider. Neither is Dominic Reyes. Neither is uh, uh, Blanchovich, who is still a deadly dude. Um, or Glover Teixeira. Like those guys are just not on the Spider's level. And and we're talking about like an aged Anderson Silva at that. So I have to say I'm going with Spider on this one. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I hate seeing Anderson Silva lose. My favorite fighter of all time. Um, I will say that he... Isn't BJ Penn? I really hate to say this like this. BJ Penn is a pioneer of the sport. He did a lot of things like lick his own blood. Uh, like he he had some epic fights. Nobody's been real dominant like Anderson Silva has in his career. And loss after loss, like he's been doing. I mean, he gets a couple wins here and there, but you. We're not we're not talking about the same. We're not we're not saying the same thing about Anderson Silva. Where when are you going to be done? When are you going to put him up? We keep saying that he's aged, but he's aging. He's still lethal. Like Israel Adesanya, that was a great fight, but Anderson Silva could have finished that if if Israel didn't fight the perfect fight with him. Um, just I don't know. I you can't. It's it's one of those things where you 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 say fight till you want to be done because you are probably the greatest MMA fighter ever to live. Uh but at the same point, I don't want to see him lose anymore. So I'm not. I'm not going to root against him, and I will not choose against him. I think I'm going to pick Spider Silver on this one too. All right. So this is the one that's really, really. I'm kind of interested to see how you choose this one, right? Um. Obviously, Rose uh, Nama is it Nama Hunas Nama Hunas Nama Juninas Nama Juninas Nama Juninas Thug um, Rose Thug Rose versus Jessica I and John Andre Andrade Andrade God like between like between Jessica uh, Jessica I and um fucking. Adrade Cena Almas, man, like, I fuck up their names so bad. Um, and for you guys who don't know, Cena Moss, he's a, he's a WWE wrestler, Andrade Cena Moss. So, and I catch hell from him all the time from Martin, uh, over on Frankensteiner. So anyway, Thug Rose, Jessica I, this is a championship fight. Um, obviously Rose is coming as the champ. She has huge wins currently. Uh, you know, we did Michelle Watterson. She got their two wins um, against uh, Joanna. So I'm going to be honest. Jessica I is just a whole beast. 
And I really want to see what she can do, especially in her home country in Brazil. So I think for this fight, as much as I would love to go with Thug Rose, I got to go with Jessica I on this fight. I understand. I, I get where you're at. Um, I don't know. This was so hard because Thug Rose is becoming better and better. Her first loss against Tisha Torres, and then she lost to Carlos Barza in the Ultimate uh, Championship um, finale. Then she beat Angela Hill, uh, Paige Van Zandt, and then she came back and beat Tisha Torres. Then she had a setback when she lost to uh, Carolina, but then she got she beat the Karate Hottie, Michelle Watterson, and then beat Joanna uh, twice. So I, I think she's getting better. She only has 11 fights, though. She has 11 fights under her belt. And, and then you got uh, Jessica Andrade, who has, I think she's 19-3, so she has 22. Yeah. I just, I don't know who really to be, yeah, is she really going to, who to pick? I don't know who to really pick. I'm picking Doug Rose just because it's her second title defense. I think she's still hungry. Um, Jessica, definitely, don't get me wrong, she's a beast. She is a beast, and she's been a beast since... Her loss to Joanna. She's won three in a row. Um, she's 19 and six, by the way. So she says 25 fights under her. But she's also lost to Liz Carmouche by punches. She's lost to uh, um, Raquel Pennington by, by rear naked choke. And her other loss in the UFC was to Joanna. I think that. She's gonna be and do enough to win. I think. I think. I think Doug Rose is gonna do enough to win. I mean, and you know, we're obviously different on that fight. It's. it's they both got great cardio. They both got great striking. Um, I think the one thing that just guy has that Thug doesn't have is just that brawler type mentality, where like she's gonna eat punches, but she's gonna she's gonna come and take you. Um, but Thug Rose has that, she has the ability to put a person on their ass and beat them up. And we saw that happen twice with, uh, Joanna. So I could definitely, I can, I can go either way, man. But I definitely want to see Jessica I, just cause it's in Brazil. Um, interesting, right? So talk about this fight, Thug Rose, Jessica I, Joanna, uh, uh, Tatiana Suarez, Nina, uh, Astronoff, Claudia, uh, Claudia, uh, Godaleo. Weili Zhang and then Michelle Watterson. That's the top seven fighters or top eight fighters in that division, right? And Michelle Watterson just came off of a huge win against uh, Carolina Kolovich. This is what I want to see. I want to see Michelle Watterson fight Claudia to get into that top five and then see her get into that championship fight next. I just, I don't know. That's just me personal. Obviously, you and I, we've been watching Michelle Watterson since bully beatdown which was ages ago so i'm just oh like i just want to see her get a championship fight that's all i really want to see come on dana okay she's in the top 10 just give her the fight <laughs> I don't care what dana has to listen. dana needs to make that happen all right so, all right, so 
aside from on to the to the other fight, yeah, the other fight card. This is what's going to be huge. So we're talking over here, right? UFC uh, obviously is going to be going on, but aside from the UFC, we have uh, <laughs> we're going to have the uh, Bellator 221. This is a uh, Chandler versus uh Ferrer, um. But we're, again, we're going to be talking about just main cards, right? So, uh, Taiwan Claxton, and some of us might not know these fighters, so we're going to pick and choose. So we have Taiwan Claxton versus James Bennett, uh, which is our is our starter fight. Um, in this fight, I'm definitely going to, I'm just picking at random, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take James Bennett in this fight. I am too. Let's talk about this next fight. Let's talk about the first name on that next fight. Yeah. Jake <laughs> Hager. Yo, you only want to talk yeah, about Jake Hager. We the people. That's the only reason why you want to talk about Jake Hager is because you bought his t-shirt when he was Jack Swagger <laughs> at, in the WWE. <laughs> I, I, I solely am picking. I have never seen him fight. I'm solely picking him in this fight because of that t-shirt. I'm probably going to get to find that t-shirt and wear it on Saturday. You know, I'm not going to lie, man. Uh, so Jake, Jake looked really good in his first fight. I watched his debut fight, um, a couple months ago. Uh, great. Obviously he's a world-class wrestler. We've talked about this numerous times. I think he was a national champion at one time. And the, the fucked up part, actually, I, the fucked up part about this was that when they're reading off his accolades, they legitimately said, Oh, yeah, he was a national champion because they mentioned that. That he was a national champion wrestler. That he was a former ECW champion and a former WWE <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. I was like, come on, guys. The best part, other than the fact that, that Jake won, right, the best part was that, and I'm pretty sure he's going to do it again, Ron Killings did the intro, right? So he came out and he rapped for – so. Or you guys who don't know who Art Killings is, uh, R Truth. So R Truth came out and did an intro for for Jake. He did his song for him. Um, it was really cool. I thought it was a great shout out. Uh, but I just that's something I wanted to acknowledge too. <laughs> All right, so I'll be honest too. I'm like taking it. Jake in this fight. I just I I, I know. <laughs> Get the T-shirt out. I'm I'm legitimately gonna be standing there to put my hand on my heart and just be like. We the people. <laughs> All right, so AJ McKee versus Pat Kern. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna go with Pat in this fight. Pat's he's tough, tough as nails. So I gotta go with him. Definitely Pat Kern too. So next fight that we have, this is actually the second fight for um, this is round two, right for the Grand Prix that's going on right now. Uh, in the semifinals, Walter Waite Grand Prix Tournament. So we have Michael Venom Page, MVP versus Douglas Lima. Um, I am not going to lie. I'm pulling for MVP in this fight. I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge Page fan right now. I have been for a long time. been talking about him, talking about what it would look like to have him in the UFC. And I just I just got to go with him in, in this fight. Uh, you, you're take, are you taking MVP? I am taking MVP. Oh man, I don't even know what to to even think here. Don't get me wrong, Paul Daly is a great striker. He's also a decent wrestler. I personally think that that Douglas Lima is a better striker than uh, 
Paul Daly. I think that Douglas Lima is a better wrestler than MVP. So, MVP doing big things in, in, in the MMA world, boxing world. Uh, I don't know if he's fought somebody like Douglas Lima. He were kind of up in the air on who really won the Paul Daly MVP match fight. Uh, as we all know, uh, MVP won. So this one's kind of different. Yeah. This one, I'm, I, I don't know where to even go with this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who to pick, honestly. It's hard to pick. I love MVP, MVP style. I love the, uh, the high flying that he can do. I love the showman that he can do. But I also know that Douglas Lima is tough as nails. Mm-hmm. So I'm just – I'm up in the air. I, I don't even know what to pick. Uh, I'm going to go Douglas Lima though. Okay. I mean it's a fair assessment. Um, so we got Michael Chandler versus Patricio Ferrer. Um, I'm going to be honest. I like Michael Chandler in this fight. I'm just going to go with him. Um, that one's a hard one, too. I, I like Pitbull, uh, as well. I'm gonna go Michael Chandler, too. I, yeah. I, I can't go against him. It is, it is to be noted, though, that Michael Chandler is the lightweight champ. He's gonna be fighting a featherweight, uh, title holder in, in Patricio, so that's why I wanna go with Michael, just cause... Michael's fighting at that weight class. Um, I know that there's like an advantage for going up a weight because you don't, you know, obviously your body gets to handle it a lot better. But I to be honest, man, Michael's he's just a fucking monster, man. So I'm be leaning that way. Um, yeah. So that does it for all the things that we wanted to talk about. Um, Anthony, why don't you shout out your uh, your Lincoln Love? Ooh, Lincoln Love. Let me get on my Facebook real quick. Let me look at. I'm always going to promote this band Mistaken. My friend Jade Couture, she is the lead singer. She is a rock star. Um, I don't know when their next event is. Oh, I do know when their next event is, actually. I do know that uh, they are playing May 25th here in Lincoln with a couple uh, with a couple of bands um non-point with nine shrines is going to be there um clincher who is a local band the if you haven't heard of clincher you guys definitely need to listen to them uh sukea and mistaken they're going to be at the grove um i'm a big fan of the clincher because uh my good friend Lindsay and her, her friends one of her friends uh is is like a manager of them, in a sense. So they're going to be there. I did go to the show one time to see the Clincher. Uh, the Clincher is a definitely a headbanging band, and mistaken, they're pretty headbanging too. Uh, other than that, hey, let's talk about something here. Uh, twenty two, twenty two veterans die a day. Uh, that's no joke. It is something that Cliff and I definitely hold uh, very close to our hearts. Um, I have also became the Nebraska lead for this thing called Vet the Vet Crisis. Um, what it is is we're all over social media. 
we are watching all kinds of channels. We're watching all kinds of veterans pages. And the moment we see something that's kind of discerning, uh, we're on action. We're, we're getting all the info that we can. Old phone numbers, old addresses. We're calling local enforcement. We're calling their, their, their wives. We're calling their mom and dad. Um, because we've done something that a lot of people can't do or a lot of people choose not to do. And that is serve this great country of ours. Um, and sometimes the VA sucks. Sometimes the VA can't, doesn't get back to you in time or kind of shuffles you around. Um, and they can't fight their demons. So we've had a few soldiers, commit suicide or on my arm. Um, I, I myself have been there. I myself have been at the point of a nine millimeter. Thank God it didn't, it didn't go off. Um, so I will always be there for my veterans. Not, not just veterans though. We, we, all our friends, all of our listeners, whoever's out there, if you're going through something, know that we're going through things too. And let's band together. Message us, email us, tweet, tweet us. It doesn't matter. If you want my phone number, I'll give you my phone number on here. Um, just know that you're not out there alone. We, we're, we're all big family here. We're all trying to live a nice life. Um, other than that, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Anthony Lujan1985. Twitter and Snapchat, a Lujan1985. Send me something goofy. I'll send you something goofy. Shout outs. Yeah, so as Anthony said, I just want to echo, um, I know recently we just actually lost, uh, well, one of our friends actually just lost, like, a loved one, um, fell to one of the 22, so, you know, we just want to put our thoughts and prayers out uh, to them. Aside from that, um, I know for me, uh, he's a friend of the uh, a Franken culture, um, even though, like, he, we haven't had him on this show yet, we've had him on Frankensteiner. Uh, so Chaz Evans, um, our thoughts and prayers go out with him. Um, recently they had a baby girl, unfortunately, uh, other plans happened. Um, and he lost his daughter last week. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to go out with him because we definitely want you to know that we care and we're here for you. So if you need to reach out and talk to somebody, we're going to be here for you. Um, so you know, you get a chance to, you know, let us know. Um, with that being said, uh, a lot of things are going on actually over here. Uh, so we do have WCF wrestling coming back, uh, May 25th. It'll be on Saturday. It'll be my first singles match actually. So it is definitely kind of huge. Um, so be, uh, reach out. Um, if you guys want, we can try to get like a live feed going or something. Um, also, uh, we do have here on Frank culture. We do have, uh, Frank Steiner, as well as Nerds at a Roundtable. That'll be uh, popping up here soon, too. So those shows will be bringing on their new episodes. Um, and if you guys want, you guys can reach out, talk to me. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, PlayStation 4, uh, CM underscore Miller 85. Also, you guys can find me under Reddit in that same name, too. Um, and I think you guys... I, I, I'm going to be changing it on Discord. It's actually going to be the same thing, CM underscore Miller 85. So that way you guys can just one-shot me, and you guys can find me wherever you guys want. Um, other than that, that's really about it. So you guys, uh, thoughts and prayers with you guys. 
Uh, we want to just give one more shout outs to all our, all our friends who are in the service, who are out of service, whether you're home front, you're overseas. Um, we're thinking about you guys. So reach out if you guys want to talk. We're always going to be here for you guys. Um, Anthony, go ahead and tell them bye. Me too. And as always, good fight and good night.